Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have an unbelievable guest who is an ex-stripper. She has, I think, her doctorate. She is a doctor in English. She also coaches women around the world on exploring their sexuality, sensuality, and their own empowerment. And she shares with us her beliefs and her experiences on attraction, dating, female sensuality and sexuality, and so much more. We cover a lot on this episode, and it's a really, really good one. So please keep listening. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, comedian turned also dating helper expert. I don't know if I can use that word yet. Um, Along with Marnie Kinris, definitely a dating expert. You can find her at winggirlmethod.com. And today we have with us ex-stripper, which we'll get to, but much more importantly than that, itinerant preacher for women's empowerment, Lux. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hey, man, I'm so glad to be here. It's great to meet you guys. Great to meet you. So wait, what does itinerant mean? Right. Itinerant means traveling. Um, You'll probably figure out pretty quickly that I'm from the deep south. And where I come from, um, it's not uncommon for there to be itinerant preachers. They go from town to town and they do tent revivals. Mm, Yeah, so like a traveling preacher. Indeed. Okay. Yes. So they travel from town to town and they orchestrate these very spiritual, emotional experiences. I myself am not religious in the least. But what I create for the women that I meet all around the world um, has honestly a similar feel to a revival. Hmm. Okay. So like a, like a session where it's um, like a spiritual awakening, but without the idea of God behind it. It is a spiritual awakening without the idea of God behind it, plus boobs. Okay, cool. I mean, that sounds, sounds fantastic like typical, for a lot of people. For that sounds the like country, a typical that day perfect. at my house. <laughs> yeah, right. <exactly. laughs> 
<laughs> well, but, but, before we dive into that, because I definitely want to hear about the things that you have learned from the women that you work with. Um, mm-hmm. Just just reminding you that this show is geared mainly towards men. Most of the audience that listens to this show are men. And I know a lot of the information that you've learned from the people that you've worked with will be very helpful for the, the clients that I have and um, the people who listen to this podcast. I, I did want to talk a little bit about you being a stripper in your past. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a yeah. lot of people write into me and they write into our show and they ask about going to a strip club and interacting with a stripper and then not really being sure if the stripper is being friendly for her job or if she's actually flirting back with them. And then let's, you know, tackle that, tack that on too. Lots of guys interact with women who are in their workspace, like in retail, at a restaurant, whatever it is. And again, they're also not sure. So I I, I wanted to hear from your point of view, you know, how, how do guys know and recognize when women in their profession are flirting as part of their profession or flirting separately from their profession and actually want something to happen? Okay. I'd be happy to talk about that. Um, In the realm of a strip club, when a woman is flirting with you, it is because she is at work. I would let men know that they should go to strip clubs for a good time They should go to strip clubs to enjoy beautiful, naked women. They should go to strip clubs to have great conversations, tell jokes, be treated very well, and paid a lot of attention to. They should not go to strip clubs looking for girlfriends because that's the worst place to find one of those. Um, Strippers, nine times out of ten, are not looking in the least um, to date customers simply because they are at work. Most of them have been doing this work for some time. And like any job, it feels like work. So the flirting is a performance. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been many customers that I've loved hanging out with, great dudes, some that I'm still friends with and will voluntarily spend time with. But in the realm of the club, it is my job as a stripper to make you feel good, but that's my job. Right. Do you, do you know of anybody that ever dated somebody that, you know, while they were being a stripper, one of their clients or customers or, you know, people that they met? Yes. In, so you do. Okay. So it, sure. it is possible. So sometimes yeah. that flirting is different. So for those women, or maybe even for yourself, if you've had this happen to you, what would be different? Like what would be different from your side and what could be different to get you out of that realm of stripper into the place where you could say, oh, this could be somebody that I would date. For me, it's never happened. Okay. Uh, in, in, in that I have never formed a romantic connection with a man that I met in the strip club. Now, friends of mine have on rare occasion. When that has happened, however, the men that they have ended up forming the connection with were the same kind of men that they would have hooked up with, dated, had they met in any other arena. Um, so, you know, it is possible to go to a strip club, meet a stripper, and actually end up dating her. But I would say that the mind frame of most strippers in that arena 
is absolutely not geared in that direction, you would have much more luck um, finding a girl to actually date outside of the strip club. Okay, interesting. So even like, even if they were to meet those girls out of the strip club, when they're not in that space, they would be more open to it at that time. Absolutely. Okay. I could meet the same man in a strip club. And because of the, the frame of mind that I'm in at that time, one being that I am here to work, I am here to make money. We're not here to play games. Even the drinking is fake, by the way. There's so much fake drinking going on in strip clubs by strippers. Really? Oh, oh, absolutely. They're drinking ginger ales with like cherry syrup in them. Really? And, and, they're, and they're calling it a special name. And most clubs have special names for fake drinks for strippers. Really? Okay. Um, so that the stripper can order. Yeah, she can order like the Blue Lagoon and it's going to be Sprite, you know? Right. Um, I can meet the same man in the strip club and be in a mind frame of uh, work and... The thought of dating him would not cross my mind. However, let's say weeks, months, years later, I meet that same man. At the grocery store. Indeed, at, at the grocery store. And at that point, in that context, he would not be a customer to me. And my heart and mind would be much more open to engaging him on that level. Okay, interesting. I, I do have like a follow-up question. So, so when you do say that you're in the right headspace, what is it that you're looking for? So if some guy were to approach you in a grocery store, for example, number one, would you be open to it? And number two, what would be, what is it that you're looking for in that moment? Like, like from, from a guy's point of view of the guys who are listening, what would a guy have to do to interact with you and then spark attraction in that approach? If a man were to see me in a grocery store and want to maybe get my phone number, what I personally would appreciate would be a very frank and genuine statement of what he's feeling and what he wants. So for example, I would appreciate it if a man were to perhaps come up to me and say, hi, you look like a really interesting person and um, I'd love to get to know you. If that's something you're interested in, here's my phone number. And then he could give me his phone number. That way I don't feel pressured because so many women are so indoctrinated into politeness, right? Like it's a big part of womanhood, being polite right. and saying yes. And so I can't tell you how many times men have asked for my numbers. And I've, I've given them honestly like a fake number because I feel embarrassed to say no. I feel mean. Now, that's bad indoctrination. I don't support that mind frame. But the fact is many, many of us women... It, I would say most of us women are indoctrinated into this. You know, you say yes, you be ingratiating, you. you be polite. It's so important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that is part it's, of it's it, It's the too, female you know? in you, too, uh, to be honest. I'll say that yes. I, you know, do the same thing. I don't live in the South. I was watching um, The View the other day, and they were talking about the recent allegations against Joe Biden because he's super friendly, and these two women had come out and said four years ago when he, you know, came close to uh, me, I was so very vomiting. uncomfortable, and I'm saying it now on live television, which, but I, but first, but I never want to take away, like, a Me Too movement first, which is, is on a Me Too move. uh, 
movement, but our moment. But um, but but what Lux is saying is like that some of us get uncomfortable from certain things, and then we act a certain way to avoid the discomfort, to soothe the, dis- the discomfort, or to you know potentially not hurt somebody. So it's 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 completely feminine. I totally agree. But I have heard from some dudes recently that they get straight up rejected from girls. And I, I feel like they might be more of the girls that are right. at the club who are waiting for the dudes to come up to them and, re, you know, they're already prepared to reject. So I think maybe in the grocery store scenario, it's easier to just say, oh, here's my number and it's fake or I have a boyfriend, sorry, and be lying about it. Whereas in the a- area of a club, girls like, no, thanks. Because it, it scared off some guys with just the harshness of the no thanks or like not interested. Well, you know, I think at this moment in history, women are becoming more emboldened to just say no thanks, regardless of whether it's rude or not. Um, However, we can avoid any of that discomfort, be it uh, manifested in, you know, acquiescence in, in, yeah, here's this fake ass number or manifested in anger, like, like, fuck you, dude. We can avoid all of that by simply if if the man gives her his number, and, and, if, and if he just says something very frank, very genuine, you know, hi, you know, you're you're really beautiful, and I bet you're really cool too. I'd love to find out if you're interested in that. Here's my number. Hit me up anytime. I tell you what, if a man who who I found attractive came and pulled that, uh, over, that's the important piece. If a man yeah. that you found attractive, oh, right, right, right. So what? Right, you'd have to be attracted to them. But yeah. let's say you weren't attracted to them. Would that frank statement be enough to attract you or pique your interest? Absolutely not. No. Okay, absolutely not. You would have to be attracted to them as well. So if there was somebody who you didn't have that instant connection with, what would be something that they could do that was more than that bold statement that could pique your interest? I would be happy to be their friend, but at this juncture in my life, I'm not really interested in doing favors like that. I think that everybody has a right to be with romantically involved with somebody that excites them and attracts them. Oh, a hundred percent. My, my question wasn't about, you know, just being with somebody because it's the polite thing to do. My question is, let's say aesthetically, you're not instantly attracted to them. They're not your type. Yes. Have there been times where you're talking to somebody Mm-hmm. And their face starts to change for you and you are suddenly attracted to them. Because the thing is, is that an interaction where somebody, two people are attracted to each other, that that's an easy interaction. Um, and that's an easy, yes, I will call you afterwards because I was attracted to you. My question is, are there times and are there things to do if that instant attraction isn't there? Is there a way to build that attraction? And, and can you be attracted to other things besides somebody's physical features? Or have you been attracted? I have, over the course of friendships, um, from time to time, have had men become more attractive to me. Um, But they were at least starting at a solid seven in my initial estimation. (laughs) I think that certainly as friendships build and connections grow, People can become more attractive. I think that happens all of the time. But I would not be. Don't in- worry about hurting feelings on this show. Okay, this well, is all okay. about completely honest information that will be helpful all to right. guys. So just blurt it out. 
You know what? I appreciate you saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we're I, trying I, to help people. I appreciate you saying that. I'll put it this way, man. We do not ever expect or see men dating women for their personalities. How many, you know, hot ass dudes are dating women who would be ranked as fours? You know, I hate to use a ranking system, but you know what I mean. How many really sexy men do we see with unattractive women? Now, we see the reverse all the time. On, on television, for example, how many shows can you think of where there's some dopey-ass husband with this banging-ass wife, you know? <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I mean, no shade on the husbands, you know, but King of Queens, for example, no shade on that dude. But, you know, we have this, like, conventionally not very hot man, and then Lisa... Remy is his wife. I mean, she's beautiful and great. Good for him. But we don't see the reverse of that, you know, anywhere. So I think that um, I think that there are people who are attractive for almost everybody. I think that people who are considered conventionally unattractive, they they are people who will find them attractive. Hey, I see it happen all the time. But the people who get together are generally on the same kind of level of attractiveness. You'll find that quite a lot. You see couples and, you know, maybe both of them are banging ass hot or they're both, you know, a little bit nerdy looking or, you know, you, you know how couples kind of look alike. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think people are going to find attractive um, different levels of people, but you got to stay in your lane and be real and don't, I think it is an unfair expectation for men to feel owed extremely beautiful women just because there's just because they're really nice guys. Because if a woman does not find you physically attractive, that's not really fair to her. She should be able to enjoy that excitement, that spark that comes with being with a man that really turns you on. But the good news is, for almost everyone, there is someone who is going to be turned on by you. You just got to find the one that is that one. And, and, And don't be mad if you get rejected. And hey, Trust me, I've been rejected plenty of times. So rejection happens to everybody. Now, Lux, have have you ever dated anybody that you would think is less attractive than you, but you were still attracted to them? Yes. Okay. And what made you date them? Well, I didn't find him unattractive. Okay, but less attractive. Yes, I would say he was less attractive than me. Okay. However, he had some things about his personality and his style that I found very sexy. Very okay. sexy. Like what? Like what? Mm, for, for me, these were sort of nuanced things, you know, personal to me, my personal taste. Like, for example, um, he had this great accent, you know, like this. I'm not around a lot of people that sound like me, okay? And like everywhere oh, okay. I go, I'm the yeah, like everywhere I go, I'm the person in the room with the crazy accent, right? Right. And I, yeah, and I met this dude, and he was like every bit as country sounding as me. I, that was very hot to me. It felt like home, you know. Right. So you know, there is 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 
definitely not just looks, because there have also been banging hot dudes that are total potatoes. And that's just not going to do it either. Right. You know, you have a conversation with them and it's all, you know, W-Y-D and L-O-L. <laughs> right. So it's boring for you. You yeah. need something else to spark right. the attraction too. Okay. So There's have you definitely been circumstances for me where I haven't been super originally attracted to a guy, but then I feel his energy or he smiles and he's got a twinkle in his eye and mm-hmm. or he's really smart and has cool things to say. It definitely will get me interested. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, in my course, in my very long career as a stripper, um, incidentally, I was also an English professor. So I've done a number of weird, yeah, I've done done a number of weird things. In my... You should do them both at the same time. You know what? Yeah, I did, (laughs) actually. And that was some dangerous games to be playing, I tell you what. Um, (laughs) I picked up a number of stripper skills that are little tricks, if you will, that um, are good to get people feeling you, okay? Now, like, this will not necessarily seal the deal, but I've got some tricks that I could offer the fellas out there. Let's hear them. Yeah. So, you know, when you're going to talk to a customer, you know, that there there are certain tricks of the trade that you use, not not all of us, but these are this is my MO, okay? So the first one that is a really interesting little trick is be interested, not interesting. Now, I stole that quote from my friend. Her name is Jack the Stripper. But... <laughs> I love that name. Look her up. J-A-C-Q, Jack, the stripper. Okay. She's just cool. She's She's a comedian, too. She's absolutely hilarious. Be interested, not interesting. So, look, at the end of the day, people want to talk about themselves. Um. So, I always would keep that in mind when I would be engaging with these customers. Be interested, not interesting. Don't showboat. Just ask. Ask questions. That's another one. Ask questions. People love to talk about themselves. Ask fun questions. What was your favorite place you've ever traveled? What's your dream travel location? Have you ever skydived? Do you have dogs? You know, anything to get someone to talk about themselves. That makes people like you. What do you do once you what what do you do once you get a response? So let's say, let's say you know, some guy goes up to a woman and he just starts asking question up. Like if he just spits these questions out and she gives her response and then he's like, okay, well, what's your favorite dog? Have you ever gone skydiving? Is that as interesting to a woman to, to have these questions asked of her? Or is there like a certain way to respond? So I would not rapid fire random questions, but I would organically work them into the conversation as opposed to giving a biography about myself. So for example, I may be like, okay, now, now this is, this is me. This is me as a stripper. Okay. Approaching a table. All right. But, but, but this could be easily transferred to a man approaching a woman. All right. I might be like this. Um, Hey, so, um, I couldn't help but notice you're wearing a game of Thrones shirt. Uh, so apparently you're, you're about GOT, huh? Well, then he's going to say yes, because I've noticed he's wearing the Game of Thrones shirt. He wouldn't be wearing it if he wasn't about that GOT life, right? 
Now, once we've, once we've opened the Game of Thrones door, we could talk for 20 minutes. So I will look at someone. I'll have a little small talk with them until I can find out what is an interest of theirs that can open a door to a fun, uh, limitless conversation. And then do you participate in the conversation? Because I will, I will say, like, I, 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 lo- I love this tip. I think it's wonderful. I think sometimes it's more challenging on the reverse side for a man to, to start conversations the same way with a woman who still might be guarded and, you know, not sure why a man a stranger man is talking to him. Um, but I do think that, you know, if you're in an open space where people are interacting, asking questions and being interested and curious is definitely helpful. Um, so w- what are ways that you help, you know, bring that conversation out a little bit? Because I think most men who are going to a strip club, if they're you like, know, oh, I'm getting attention from her and she's asking me about Game of Thrones, this is like the best thing ever. So how, yeah, but how, so how would that apply in the reverse? Do you think that women would be as open to a question like that or would there would there need to be a little bit more from the side of the question giver to to have the conversation flow a little bit better you know so i guess what you're asking is you know are women more guarded uh around men and, and are, men, are women more hesitant to just jump into random conversations with men? And I would say the answer to that is yes. Um, I would say that, um, you know, the reasons for that are abundant. And, you know, they're, uh, you know, women, women are, women, women do have a guardedness around men that we have uh, been indoctrinated into from the cradle to the grave. So that being said, Again, what I what I think is so valuable and what I would love to encourage men to do. First of all, I want men to know um, I love you motherfuckers. And so do mo- most of us women. Um, I love men. They're so sexy and beautiful. Um, I, I would never give up men. I love women too. Uh, hey, <laughs> shout out to the ladies. But I, I love men. And what I would encourage these men to do, I know that that most of y'all have the purest of of intentions and you want to be friends and you want to be nice to somebody and you want to have somebody to love on. So what I just really want to encourage men out there today to do is any of these sorts of notions of, of subterfuge, of, you know, cracking a code or a formula or figuring out the trick to get this woman to like me, forget all of that shit. Forget all the, um, you know, machinations and the games and just be vulnerable, honest, genuine, and frank. I know it's scary. I know it is not how men are socialized. But once again, I would be so... You know, I'll tell you one time, one time a strange man came up to me and, and, and he really knocked it out of the park. And I'll tell you what okay. he did. He came up to me and I was, I was in, actually, I was in Las Vegas and I was really feeling myself that night. And I was sitting at the bar and this man came up to me and he tapped me on my shoulder and I turned around and he said, hi, uh, my name is so-and-so. Um, I'm sorry to disturb you if you're busy, but I just 
had to let you know how beautiful you are. And I'd love to talk with you. I'm going to be sitting over here with some friends, but please come over and grab me if you want. And let's grab a table and some drinks. Blam! Knocked it out the park, dude. And guess what I did? Went and had drinks with him because he was vulnerable and open and honest. And he put, he did not put me in any awkward situation. I could have easily have said, hey, thank you so much for that kind compliment. I'm about to go over here or there. And I could have not taken him up on his invitation. And that, you know, he might have been disappointed, but I, I certainly wouldn't have been rude. There would have been no altercation. There would have been no ugliness. I well, think he gave you an out. That was that's actually a really great way of phrasing it, saying, if you want, I'm over here. If you want, I'm over here. I'd love to talk to you, you know, and just be, uh, you know, there, there's, there's rejection and risk in anything worth having. And that's part of the game. I mean, hey, I spent 16 years as a stripper. I was raised on rejection. I get told no all the time. I'm also right. a writer. I get told no all the time there, too. Um, that, my friends, is the price of admission, you know. That's the ticket price. You have to be willing to withstand, you know, the occasional rejection because, hey, I know you're cool as shit, but not everybody is for everybody. However, right. I just, yeah, I just really encourage men to have the bravery to be vulnerable, genuine, honest, frank, and uh, give her an invitation and see if she takes it. Amazing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. I, th I think that that's a really great place to end the first half of our show, but we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I do have one more question for you before we start talking about what you've learned from the women that you work with. So we'll be back in a second. Hey you, this is Marnie and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also give us five stars just because. All right, we are back. So Lux, I wanted to ask you one more question. Have you ever dated or been attracted to somebody that is shorter than you or not really fit? So maybe a bit heavier. Oh, baby girl. The last man I dated was five foot three and weighed 110 pounds. Okay. No way. Yes, he was. Oh, he sounds like me. All right. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So he must have had an amazing Southern accent. He did. He was from my same hometown, actually. <laughs> there you and go. I take, he was absolutely. See, we're so different in the accent world. I want an accent that sounds nothing like me. If I hear me, I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. If I hear a British dude, I'm like pants down. No, your, your accent is great. You're actually, oh, well, thank you. No, I love it, man. Yeah, you should love that shit. Honestly. See, I would want to date somebody <laughs> with an ex accent like Lux's. I love the Southern accent. I think it is so sexy. It like takes a guy up 12 notches. Very similar to a British accent for me. Well, come on down to Danville, yeah. Virginia. It's a whole slew of Amazing. So, yeah, I got some <laughs> shoes, though. They're wearing camouflage. <laughs> I like camouflage, too. Okay, one more question. What does it look like yes. when you are attracted to somebody? So, for example, this guy who came up to you and made that statement, and, and you had made the statement before, if a guy I'm attracted to comes up to me and says something vulnerable and clear, I love it. How does a guy know that you are 
attracted to him before approaching him? What what does it look like from your side? Oh, I am not going to hide it. I'll tell you really? that. Um, I have... There's drool involved. Yeah. I have sent the message to men so many times and they will come just like a moth to a flame, I tell you. What I would do, if I'm attracted to you, you're going to know it because I'm going to look at you. I'm going to make eye contact with you. When we make eye contact, I'm going to smile at you. I am going to find excuses to be near you. I'm going to find excuses to go to the same events that you're going to. Do I sound like a stalker yet? I'm going to look for an excuse to find out who your ex-girlfriend is and what your address (laughs) is. Um, You know, when I'll find ways to be close to you or ways to... So you're confident. Because a lot of girls, someone like me, I shy away. So if I like a guy and I feel bad for guys because... There's the two extremes. So you look at them, you make it obvious. I look away and I get really uncomfortable. Yes. And then I just stalk their Instagram. <laughs> well, see, now that's another clue though. You know, if, if somebody is blowing up your gram, you know, if they're, you know, let's, let, okay, let's talk about the internet. Um, because there's so much, uh, so much of our lives is, is on social, you know. Um, a real way that I would show someone I was attracted to them I'm commenting on their pics. I'm Just like 50 t- pictures in a row. Well, no, I try not <laughs> to do that. I try to keep my liking to a reasonable uh, yeah. frequency, but I'll be double tapping pretty much everything they post. I will comment friendly stuff and I'll like their comments on other people's posts, you Whoa, know. On other people's yeah. posts. So, you're, so they can see that you're really doing some deep diving to get to their stuff. Well, I wouldn't go seeking out their commentary on other people's posts, but let's say we had a mutual friend. Okay. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd make it a point to let them know like, oh, I agree with you, you know? Right. Is there a point then in which that becomes too obvious? Say, well, if we flip the script, so if it was a man going through and liking all this girl's stuff and commenting on her stuff, would that be a turnoff for her? Depends on the man. And I think the same would go right. for dudes. Um, you know, right. if she likes him, it's not a turnoff. If right, yeah. yes. If I like him, then I'm digging it. If I find him unattractive, hey, it's cool. I'm not mad. You're being nice, and we can be friends. However, the person who's engaging in this double tapping and commenting, they will find out fairly quickly if I'm interested back. Because if I am, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mirror their behavior. And if that behavior is not being mirrored, then the guy can understand that message, which is she's just not that into you in that way. Kristen, would you say you do something similar? Um, it, de- it just depends on the guy. And I just hate saying that. But I had an experience recently where this guy that... I had been kind of interested in, but then lost interest, started going through and liking all of my stuff on Instagram. And I wasn't mirroring him because I had already kind of been over, like, I'm like, eh, I've already decided that you might be a douchebag and I've moved on. And then (laughs) um, he kept persisting and doing that over and over and over and over to the point where I finally messaged him and asked him if he was insane, essentially. Um, And because his response was funny, (laughs) we started a back and forth and then we ended up going out. Um... But I, don't recommend, but I don't recommend that to everyone. You know, that's 
that was a special scenario. So I'm not, I'm not going to totally write them off if they're going through all my stuff. If I've got that already gut feeling of like, oh, I do think they're cute though, you know, then I will. But if it was someone that I had zero interest in and he kept liking, I probably maybe would have gotten to the point where I blocked him. Yes. I I think that, I think that the fellas need to just, you know, be in tune and pay attention to how the recipient of their attentions is responding and adjust their behavior accordingly. Right. I I agree. But I with this guy, it's like he wasn't paying attention or he was and he just didn't care and he kept pushing. So I don't want to tell guys to be super persistent if you're not getting the feedback, but every now and then it might pay off to be that persistent. But something but, but, but what, what paid off for him wasn't about the being persistent. What paid back what paid off is the way that he responded to you. Yes. Right. He had so a funny was, response. So, yeah. So well, can you tell me what he said? I remember. Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember. I just remember all of a okay. sudden we had like a back and forth. And okay, this interesting. Was a dude you used to date already? No, it was like a guy I had met years ago on Tinder. And then like we stopped following each other and never ended up going out. And so like he was old news in my brain. Uh-huh. You know, it was like, oh, this guy again? This is from like three years ago. And, you know, we didn't ever actually pursue each other. So like, I'm not interested anymore. You know, it was just like a been there, done that kind of thing, even though we had never met. And then the persistence was eventually when I kind of broke, I'm like, well, this guy's got to be back for a reason. This We met on Tinder three years ago almost, you know. But you, it's a difference. You were annoyed, but intrigued. It's as opposed yeah. to just really not into this guy. It's a, yes, it's a very different annoyed, scenario. But, yes, I was annoyed, but intrigued. And so I was letting him like all my stuff. I just wasn't liking anything of his back and I wasn't following him back. Right. Um, and so... And how long did that go on for? Months. Literally months. Oh, months of not doing anything back. Okay. But he wouldn't do it every day. Like all of a sudden, like once a month, all of a sudden I'd get a bunch of notifications that he had liked a bunch of my stuff. And then I'd be like, oh, this guy again? And then I would just move on and not think about it. And then a month and a half later, it would happen again. And I'd be like, what the hell is with this guy? And then I would just ignore it. And then finally, it got to the point where it pushed me over the edge where I was like, dude, what is your deal? Um, And and because of... I wish I knew the response. But I, I basically what I did was I sent him a screenshot of him going through and liking all of my stuff mixed in with this other guy who actually is like a stalker. And he goes on my account every few months and just puts the weirdest, craziest shit. And it just so happened to be at the same time that this guy was liking my stuff. <laughs> like, is so, this you? So I basically said, you're, you're giving this crazy person some competition. And so whatever he said back, it, like, you know, he could play, he played right back. He didn't shy away like, oh no, I am a stalker. I'm sorry. Um, but most so likely that, somebody that you weren't actually attracted to and weren't into, you, you wouldn't have given them that message. No, I mean, because again, we did match on Tinder. So obviously right. there was some yeah, attraction, there, was some attraction there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wait, I want to get back to last, but, but this, is a, this is a very good point. Yeah, it's a good point. And hopefully like people listening can dissect that a little bit more because I don't need to go into it and overanalyze it like crazy. But I want to get to uh, Lux and, and what she does with women because I think it's really important um, for guys to hear some of the insight that she's gained from the women that she's worked with. So can you describe a little bit about the work that you are doing with women? Because you talked about, you know, female empowerment and helping them out with sexuality and sensuality. I'd like to understand a bit more who the women are that you work with and and what you found from working with them that would be helpful information to many of the single guys that are listening. 
Yes, um, I'd be happy to talk about that. I, I love my work. I have just the most beautiful career I could have ever dreamed. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. Um, what I tell people, my elevator pitch is, my name is Lux ATL, and I am an itinerant preacher for women's empowerment through sensual awakening. So where I'm coming from is this. I have this sort of... Um, two-pronged history. On one hand, I was a stripper since the day I turned 18. That was an unbelievable 20 years Literally ago. the day you turned 18, like for your birthday? Not today, okay. but it's been 20 years since I started stripping this year. It, it just utterly blows my mind. I started stripping in 1999 when strippers were wearing cat suits and pumps, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. It was a different world. <laughs> old, the old school days. Yes. And, and, on the other hand, um, I have a PhD with a, a focus in women's studies. I am a literary scholar, um, but all of my work was on women. So I have this sort of expertise both in the uh, expression of female sexuality as well as a deep knowledge of the cultural construction of womanhood. Mm, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've combined that together to create events for women. And I do a few different types of events. But um, my major thing are strip retreats. The original of those retreats is called Strip Cabin, and that takes place in Tennessee. But I've got a number of offshoots. For example, Strip Cabana, which I'm about to leave for this Saturday, which is in Costa Rica. We have Strip Coven, which is in New Orleans. Um, we do a lot of different events, retreats, and the retreats are anywhere from three to five nights. They're um, very luxurious, catered massages. You get a boudoir photo shoot. So these are these are for women to like explore their sexuality and sensuality, right? Women who might feel a little bit locked up. Oh, absolutely. And so who? who oh, sorry, who retreats, are who are these women that attend? Are they who are they? You truly truly would not believe the diversity. It is profound. I have had literal brain surgeons. I've had truck drivers. I've had stay-at-home moms. I've had legal sex workers. I have had women that are 21. I have had women that are 65. I have had women of all colors, shapes, and sizes. We've got big women, little women, short women, tall women. I mean, the beauty of it is, Yeah, because we're all coming together um, in the commonality of our womanhood and what we share as women. And at the core of what I teach and the core of what we do at my retreats, at my workshops, at my, you know, one night only events is based on my philosophy of no shame, no fear, no apologies, just love. Women are raised in shame, really, from the cradle to the grave. We are indoctrinated to be ashamed of being women in a million ways that are so small, so embedded in our very language that we don't even notice it. For example, you don't want to throw like a girl, right? That's not a compliment. Right. You know, you don't want to act like a little girl, right? That's not a compliment. Well, you know, I, I was a little girl and I didn't suck, actually. But yet these messages are delivered to us that to be a woman ain't shit. You're you're lesser than. You're you're kind of a loser, right? And not only that, but we're also shamed about our bodies and our sexuality. And that's something that men should really know that women are really dealing with. Our bodies are just labeled 
as profanity in larger culture, as evidenced, for example, by the fact that um, women's nipples are considered profane, but men's are not. That's just one example. So women are so imbued with so much shame, shame about being women, shame about sexuality, shame about their desires. Women are also indoctrinated to be very fearful. We are afraid to break the status quo. We're afraid to carve out our own path. Women are are indoctrinated to apologize for everything. I, I would challenge you, friends, to think about how many times you say I'm sorry for shit that you don't even do wrong. I mean, you know, for example, I, I go to the, the the coffee shop and I say, I'm sorry, but can I get a chai? What the <laughs> fuck is that? And I, I'm I mean, they're really hard drinks to apology. make. Well, I think so any, maybe. <laughs> right. Anyone who doesn't order just the black coffee <laughs> has to be apologizing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, and and we apologize and we make ourselves small because we have been taught that that's ingratiating and 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 that's cute. And we have also been taught to view other women as competition, that the we, enemy. Yeah, the enemy. You can't quite put your finger on it, but have you ever been mad at a bitch just because she had good hair? Yeah, of course. I mean. Every day. Of course. Fucking Lisa, Lisa yeah. Kaplan. And, and you're, you're like, <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, you know, you're like, ah, this bitch with the fucking big hair. And you're mad, you're mad, you're mad, you're mad because you're jealous. What I teach women is to reject those narratives. What I teach women is to strip down all of these, uh, frankly, misogynistic narratives that keeps us small, hidden, and ashamed. And I encourage, inspire, and give them the tools to dare to name what they really desire in life and to dare to be fully who they are with no shame, no fear, no apologies, and just love for one another. So that's my work. That's absolutely amazing. Oh, so how does, strip, how does stripping come into play when this is happening? Is this like getting in touch with your body at the same time as your like mental side of things, like your mental strength? You know what? That's a great question. And um, I'll tell you what, at these events, we are, we are naked most of the time. Are you cold though? <laughs> I would be cold. Well, we're time. in the hot tub, you know? Oh, you know, all right. We're in the hot okay. tub or we're in the jungle, you know, in a mansion in the jungle, which is where we're about to be. Or so I'd end up with some weird lizard <laughs> up my vagina. I just know it. Like that's that's why I have to be clothed. That at all in itself times. is also well, a wonderful we can experience. Put a little... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It could be very pleasurable. Piece of tape, put a right. piece of tape you down go. your vagina. You're safe. So no... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get a big one. It's really big. I get some duct tape. I create that product, you know, pussy. <laughs> pussy tape, exactly. Yeah. Wow, I believe that already exists. I do, I do have a question, though, Lux. So, so with the women that you work for, I think it's absolutely amazing work. How how has that impacted their relationships with men? Because if we have been walking around either consciously or subconsciously think feeling less than, and then suddenly we feel more than or equal, or I, I don't even know what level this gets women to, what does that do for women and men? And how how can men also rise up without having to re-squish us back down? 
I tell you, it goes one of two ways. And, you know, just recently, just uh, about two weeks ago, I got uh, yet yet another thank you email from a husband, some man I'd never met. And you may be thinking, oh, he's calling to, he's writing to thank me for like the bomb ass sex he got after she danced around naked with me all night. But no, he was writing to thank me and it was very beautiful. And he said, you know, after my wife came home from your event, she had a smile on her face that I hadn't seen in a long time. Pussy she tape all over her. <laughs> yeah, pussy tape that, you know, we just ripped right off. Right, exactly. Um, the good wax, too, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and he, he saw in her an, a new confidence. Amazing. She was excited, talking about her dreams. And so for your man who is the man that you want to be with, which is the man who loves your light, supports your greatness, and wants your joy. Him, he's going to be very happy with what he sees when he sees you grow because he's ready to grow right with you because that's what it's supposed to be. Right Now, for your insecure man, for your man who has to make sure that his wife ain't shit or else he don't feel like shit, Well, first, he needs to work out his issues on his own and not with another person. And he, and I have seen husbands get mad, um, believe their wives to be too uppity, want their wives to calm down with the wasting their time making art and stuff. And you know what? They need to go. And a lot of times they do because I am not in the business of convincing women to leave their husband's hell. I'm married. I love my husband. I got no intention of ever leaving this man. (laughs) But I I am in the business of convincing, encouraging women to be their fullest, brightest, most vibrant, bravest, most courageous, realist self in all of her glory with nothing but love and kindness. And if your man can't handle that, then he can't handle the real you. And he should find a woman that he likes better. And you should find a man that appreciates all that you are. Absolutely. And that man will never be telling his new wife about your courses <laughs> because he'll lose oh, some no, yeah. It's interesting. No, I think I think that you do absolutely amazing work. That sounds fantastic. So what I'm hearing is that even if, if you know, guys are not married to these women who go to your courses or women who are now becoming a little bit more empowered, whether it's through your courses or somebody else's or through their own self-discovery, what women are looking for on the other end is a man who is also secure with himself and has stepped into his masculinity or whatever you want to call it, but his ultimate self being the person that he wants to be. That's what this movement for women is creating. It's not, it's not, at least from what I'm seeing and what I think, it's not trying to shove men down. It's trying to get everybody to rise up a little bit and just be the best version of themselves as open and happy as they want to be and doing what makes them happy. Is that kind of correct? You are, you are exactly you are exactly right. I I do not drink male tears. I've I've definitely had that phase in my life, you know. But I do not drink male tears. I do not hate men. I love men. But what my clients, my friends, the women in my circle, what we want from men is not crumbs. Women are tired of begging for crumbs. Women are tired of begging for the occasional 1 a.m. what are you doing text. 
We need you to not just come to the table. We want you to bring a whole table to the table. Mm. We want you to meet us where we are at in our in our greatness. I love a that. confident man who's doing some real shit, who is emotionally intelligent, self-aware, vulnerable, honest, and ready to grow with me. That sounds really great. I love that. I love that you just said, we don't want you to like just come to the table. We want you to bring your own table. I think that that, that for me, at least, I completely understand that. And that that like really resonates with me. So I think it's fantastic. Lux, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. I think there's a lot of information that you shared that maybe you're not even aware that you shared, but that I think will be extremely helpful for the guys that are listening to this episode. So thank you so much for being so open and sharing your experiences and answering my questions. But can you tell people, you know, if, you know, you do coaching for women, but if men are curious about you and want to find out a little bit more about your work, whether it's for women in their lives or potentially if you ever do want to do this for men, how would they get in touch with you and find you? Well, you know what? Occasionally I do serve men. Um, I have one mixed gender retreat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a it's a writer's retreat we're about to do in May. You can find me on social on Instagram at Lux underscore ATL. So that's L-U-X underscore A-T-L. You can find me on Facebook at Lux A-T-L. You can email me at Lux at Lux A-T-L poll.com. And my new website is about to go live in just a week. So I'm going to give you the new web address which is drluxatl.com. That's D-R-L-U-X-A-T-L.com. But I really recommend that you follow me on the gram because my gram is super fire. Amazing. Well, maybe Kristen and I will come on one of your well, retreats. My, my gram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Then our grams would be on fire. Seriously. But honestly... I'm going to give my gram. I yeah. never give my gram. And some the other day was like, why don't you ever say your gram on your podcast? So... It's at Chris Karn, K-R-I-S-C-A-R-N. So if you guys want to check me out on Instagram, there I am. Say it again, K-R-I-S-C-A-R-N. It's short for my name. My name's Kristen oh. Carney, so it's just Chris Karn. I think mine is at Wingirl right, Method, but I have absolutely it's so funny no idea. You say, I think. Well, I, oh don't my God, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't run my own. Instagram account somebody else does for me because I didn't know how to use it in the past. But now I do have my own personal account, but I'm not giving out that information because I only have like 14 people that I follow. (laughs) And that's all that I I want. You're not even following me. I I don't want to see what you have to post. (laughs) (laughs) Asshole. I only do it for my... my, my, Well, actually, you're just going to post selfies of yourself. I want to see like your world. Oh my God, I never post selfies. Fine, I'll follow you. Ugh, but is it just going to be Don't entered? follow me. I don't need the follow. I have no, enough I, followers. I think you do, actually. I'm going to follow you right now. I know I don't even know how to do this. Anyway, it's not a big deal. I'll figure it out. I'm <laughs> such like an idiot with this stuff. Anyway, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. This week, I actually released it a little bit early because I meant to save the draft, but I released the episode. So um, you're welcome, people, for getting a, little, a bit of an earlier treat. Um, but hopefully this episode will be live on the exact time that I've said. Uh, if you want to write in questions for our show, send them to ask at askwomenpodcast. Please 
share these episodes with anybody that you think could use this information. And a lot of guys could use this information. So don't be shy about sharing. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Thank you.